You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Sarah Honiger. And I'm Christy Landwehr, and you are listening to this special monthly National Reining Horse Association episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for this Thursday, February 8th, 2024. Good morning, horse world. It's the second Thursday of the month. That means it's time to slide in to the National Reining Horse Association episode of Horses in the Morning. Sarah, I am so excited about today's show. It is not only sponsored by EC Pro, and we're going to find out more about them soon, but we're also going to be chatting about how to get involved with reining with our Green Rainer program that is sponsored by Classic Equine. We're going to chat with NRHA Judge Ann Salmon Anderman and non-pro rider Allison Thorson. And it being sponsored, of course, by EC Pro is who we're going to talk to next. We are so excited to have the sponsors of today's show on with us from EC Pro. So first of all, we have Jamie Arnold. Jamie is an equestrian who founded the award-winning client staff and barn management software EC Pro in the United Kingdom in 2017. He had a mission to provide equestrian center owners with complete control over their business operations while giving customers the digital experience and modern convenience they expect. Also on today is Russell Dawes. He is a hands-on growth strategist with over 25 years of experience aligning teams and processes across sales, business development, marketing, product, and client success. As the president of EC Pro in the United States, he is leading the expansion of the company to all of us here. So welcome, gentlemen. How are you today? Thank you very much for having us. We're fine. How are you? Doing well. And um, Jamie, go ahead and give us a little bit of an idea of where exactly you're located there in the United Kingdom. Uh, it's easier just to say near London, to be honest, because no one's ever heard of where I live. But um, Milton Keynes is the best place, I guess, but about 20 miles north of London. So I have many, many relatives over there. And I have been lucky enough to um, been been to London, been to Birmingham. I got to go on the locks, on a barge. I mean, many, many things. It's been I've I've just so enjoyed all of my trips over there. You would have driven past Milton Keynes from London to Birmingham. That's for sure. Oh well, there the you middle. go. That I was <laughs> waving in my spirit to you. There you go. Well, very good. Well, we're so excited to have both of you on today. And for those that have been listening to, um, oh, the Horses in the Morning podcast for a while and might remember me as the host of the Certified Horsemanship Association show, um, Jamie and was a big part of our CHA back in the day and still is now with Russell leading it here in the state. So just a shout out to my past because, you know, I'm still a certifier for them. So, so glad you guys are still a part of them. And now they're having interest, of course, in reining and what we all do at the NRHA, and also for all of you listeners. So we're going to dive in today with just some questions, Jamie, about what EC Pro is exactly, and if you all provide extra services to your folks as well. Yeah, sure. So um, I guess starting simplistically, what it is, is uh, the most intelligent online booking platform available on the planet today. Um, and 
some people might be asking why, why, or how can I say that? But I'll explain in a bit. But it will also help barn owners um, who are who do boarding or lesson programs manage their business from end to end. So that's staff management, uh, horse management, welfare requirements, record keeping, billing, um, but also just as importantly, customer management. And for those of people that aren't barn owners uh, at, or, or run lesson programs, but actually attend them. It's perfect for them as well. So if you're a boarder and you have your horse at one of our barns, you'll be able to see all the management that's been done with your horse and the exercise that might have been done. So it's much more transparent and there's less need to be using WhatsApp groups or Facebook messages or emails or not being able to get hold of the owner. Um, Now, the online lesson piece of it, which really is the core of the product and why it's so clever is because, of course, anybody can create an online booking platform, right? Uh, There's plenty out there that do generic things. Um, But fundamentally, why ours is different is it will take the horse and the animal into account. So what we don't want is for a person to just be able to book a lesson. So fundamentally, ours will take into account three main things when presenting appropriate sessions to customers, um, that being their age, uh, their ability, But more importantly, is there a horse that would take their height, weight uh, and ability at that time that hasn't done too much exercise or will do that week? Um, They can't select that horse either. So it's really been built from the understanding of how barn owners want to work. And over here in the UK, um, we have the vast majority of the market uh, at this point in time with varying sizes from freelance instructors who don't even own a barn right up to our biggest customer, Uh, has around 290 horses with 64 instructors working on one day. So it'll work for anything in between as well. We try to cater for for everybody. Um, The extra services that we offer as well, we do work really closely with our customers. Uh, We've got so many statistics uh, on the industry-specific statistics as well. So we're able to work with them around their strategy um, what to do, what not to do, uh, suggestions from what we can see works as well for others. Um, and that proves really, really useful. Um, one exercise we did with one of the barns over here, they saw an increase in their revenue 94% in the first month. So um, these things can have massive impacts, and let alone all the benefits that the product brings to to all of our customers, actually. I'll tell you, I teach riding lessons, but on a very small scale. Um, I just have a couple of school horses, but boy, does this sound like something that would be incredibly useful. And, you know, a lot of us that teach riding lessons or train horses or go to a lot of the horse shows, we don't really, really want to do the paperwork. And so to have something like your platform do that for us sounds fantastic. Oh, massively. And it, I mean, single people or people with small operations you know, it probably benefits the most, especially when you can't afford necessarily a PA or a receptionist. This essentially is that. Um, But there's other things as well that people don't generally think about. For example, accidents. If somebody has an accident, our system has a built-in accident reporting system. So in the UK, what we have seen, although it's not official yet, is because there can be a full audit trail of any accidents that might occur, even if it's a slip, trip or a fall, it's actually bringing down or could potentially bring down people's excesses for their insurance. So it can actually save in those respects as well. I mean, the benefits are literally endless. and I could bore you all day if you want me to on them, um, but that's like the highline view of it. 
Well, I think that is so unique. I've never heard of anything like this. So this is so neat to learn about. You mentioned the intelligent online booking and the benefits to the barn owners and the professionals, but as a client putting myself in those shoes, I'm sure it's really beneficial for them too. Could you kind of go into a little bit more detail about that? Yeah, sure. So if you think about the whole suitability model that I've discussed, so it's working out in the background what's appropriate. The biggest thing that we wanted to achieve um, and that annoyed me with some booking things out there is that you can go, oh, yes, I really want that lesson at that time. And you get all the way to the basket to find out you can't actually have that. So you get frustrated, you have to go back and find something. So our system will only ever present you, the customer, with appropriate sessions that are available and there is suitable horses. Um, So you can essentially book a lot easier knowing that it is available and it is suitable. But conversely, of course, the bigger benefit to that um, is one of the key barriers that we found when selling the product initially is a lot of customers thought, our customers thought, well, I don't want people, you know, picking whatever they want or, you know, being able to control that. But this doesn't do that. We program in essentially what it should uh, echo out the other end that you as the customer have confidence that it is available and suitable for you. A lot of people do appreciate the fact as well that it it does think about the animal as well. Um, and we've seen yeah benefits from that. That's so awesome. As a client of different disciplines of riding from, you know, rodeo to reining to roping and everything kind of in between. I just am picturing all of the miscommunications I've had of timing and horses and lessons via text and Facebook message and email. And this just seems so streamlined and so interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's simplified as well, because um, especially for people new to, to horse riding in general, you know, you you might not know what reining is or what lunging is, or you might not know that. So, if you're presented with things that that that's all you can choose because the system knows who you are and therefore this is all you should see you, you haven't got to think about that either you know that you, what you're booking is appropriate for yourself you know i think that's good and i have a little question though you had said something earlier um when you, you and i were talking offline about you also pre- prepare people and strategize with people. Can you explain a little bit more about how you could be helpful to trainers and barn owners and lesson givers in this way? Yeah, sure. So we we provide a suite of reports. There's so many different reports. Now, um, if I cycle back just a moment, what we noticed were people would be uh, very dead set on their structure. So, you know, I always have a lesson at Tuesday at 3 p.m. And, and I've done that forever and that's how it is. Um, and then when it comes to increasing lesson costs as well, we found a lot of people would almost be licking their finger and putting it in the air and I'll increase it by $2 or $5, not actually looking holistically at the whole business and thinking, well, how much does it cost me for one bum on one seat? Or how much does it cost me for one hour of my time? So the first thing we do in these strategy sessions is we help identify what that is. So when people are thinking, well, what should I be charging? It's not what should I be? It's what do I have to be charging to even break even? And then we go from there. But one of the really great tools we've got within the system is a demand calculator. So um, let's just assume you've got a really busy lesson program going on and you've got four or five group lessons every day. 
and you've done it that way forever, this demand calculator will help identify the utilization of those lessons. So where you think maybe Tuesday at three o'clock is a great lesson, this might highlight, well, you've done 10 of them in the last 10 weeks. And actually, you've only had 50% of it full uh, in those 10 weeks. It'll also tell you how many riders you've got uh, on your account that match the criteria for that lesson. And then furthermore, how many of them are active. So it allows you to look at that and make an informed decision uh, about planning, but also, oh, I should actually do more of that and less of that. Maybe I'll replace that lesson with another one of those lessons. So it allows you to look at things that you probably wouldn't be able to do if you were using pen and paper, even more of us that a spreadsheet. So it's got a lot of that analytical thinking behind it, um, along with marketing reports like your most popular age groups and, you know, that's how many people are this grade of rider, um, along with communication tools. We've got internal communication tools as well that you're able to target people uh, and send notifications. So we kind of look at the whole thing um, and then we make suggestions on what we've seen works the best, how that will fit into that person's way of working. Uh, hopefully, well, it has to date, uh, touch wood, it has always uh, increased people's revenue every time. I think this is really incredible. Um, you mentioned the notification system. Does that work then for those, you know, managing these barns and managing these apps and then also as the client using the system? Yeah, exactly. So it touches awesome. everybody. So first of all, let's just say, um, there's a empty there's a lesson with some spaces uh and it's for my intermediate type riders i can send uh an email and a push notification to the app to only riders that match that criteria so i can do it that's uh from the client side client and gets lots of automated ones such as lesson reminders um also horse records if if you're recording that you had the farrier as the client it will tell you when it's next due um, just to remind, not that you need reminding, but it does anyway. Um, but also for your staff. So say a scenario where a boarder um, asks for an extra bale of hay, they can do that on their app. Uh, that will then come through as a task for the staff. So it notifies them. The staff will then go and say, yep, yeah, I've done that. Uh, it can then automatically bill the boarder for that extra bale of hay whilst also communicating to the border that that's been done. So it has so many different touch points, uh, including daily tasks. So if you are creating, I don't know, I need you to muck out stall A, B and C every Monday uh, for the next 12 Mondays, it will create tasks this and notify the managers as well as the staff members involved uh, when they've been assigned and when they've been done. Okay, that is super smart. You're making me maybe want to have a boarding barn. I've always been afraid to have a boarding <laughs> barn because I didn't want the 9 p.m. as I'm watching a movie. Ding dong. Hey, can you feed my horse some more hay? So now you're making it where I could just look at my phone and go, yes, I'll do it tomorrow, right? Oh, my gosh. Exactly. Exactly. So good. So tell us a little bit more, Jamie, about the um, how Easy Pro keeps track of the horse's records. You mentioned the farrier, but what other things can it do as far as that goes? Well, the way we've built it is, um, or the best way to think of it is a skeletal system. So it has all of this functionality, but you build it up to exactly what you want. So you can record any type of record that you wish. Um, 
I mean, example, worming, vaccinations, feed, bedding, hay, um, essentially anything you need to know when a horse last had it and when it's next due it, you can create those record types. Now we've got this, well, I think it's a really cool function. We've got this list function because certainly worming uh, where you have to go through the whole barn and we're maybe 10 to 15 you don't want to be going into each horse right and recording it on that horse then finding the next one with the list function we can say that you know these 10 horses need this wormer and then all we need to do is click a done button on each of their names and that will go and automatically add when the horse had it automatically calculate when it's next due it it can record a cost for a profit and loss account on the horse as well. And if it was a border, there's a little checkbox to invoice and it can invoice all at the same time with literally one click of a button. So we we make it as easy as possible for that. But there are also reports so you can say, oh, I didn't record it last time when they're next due. So who actually needs to see the farrier next week? Because I know they're coming. It can run lists off that way as well. This has been so neat to hear about, you know, I've been a boarder most of my adult life and this would have just made all of that so much easier as a client of any of the barns I've been a part of. Um, Russell, do you mind telling us a little bit about the expansion that is happening with this program here in the U.S.? Yeah, sure. Be happy to. Um, It was a pretty cool story how we found Jamie, uh, someone that I know owns a pretty large equestrian center. Uh, near us and uh, reached out and said, hey, we'd like to find some technology to help us run our system. Can you build us something? And we said, well, we probably can, but let's see what's out there. And we found Jamie. And uh, as we started talking to him and looking at his product, we were just blown away at how deep and wide it is. And he didn't have much of a presence in the States. He probably had, I don't know, a dozen clients over here. Um and Jamie, you know, they they basically own the UK market. So we said, well, what if we put together a, a partnership and we'll take your product and build a US platform and expand it over here? And so we've been doing that for the last year. We've put a lot of a lot of resources and, and people and money into building a US platform. We've hired sales and marketing. We've done digital marketing. we we did a couple of shows last year. Christy, we saw her at the CHA. We've already penciled in. We're doing at least six shows, uh, exhibits this year through the through the summer. Um, you know, because you can have a wonderful product, but if you don't have the platform for it to sit on, and you don't have the customer service to take care of clients, then it's you know how much good is it? So I made sure the uh, the client advocate role that we hired. Uh, this person is from the equestrian world, has a BS in equine science from Colorado State, and so we're we're doing it right and. Uh, the reception so far has just been tremendous. And now we're in the, the digital marketing and, and exposure mode of getting name recognition, hitting the shows and doing podcasts and everything we can to spread the word. So, um, so far it's, uh, it's gone great and we're, we're just thrilled about the, the potential. So if people wanted to kind of test it out, how is your uh, way of doing that? How does, how does that work to be able to show them live how it's run? Yeah, it's, it's very simple. Uh, our, our website is ecpro.us. And the, the format that we typically use is uh, we'll do a demo. We can show you the product at a pretty high level in you know 20 minutes, 30 minutes max. And then our goal is through the demos, we, and we tell prospects this up front, we want to get them, we put them on a free 45-day trial of the product. 
and we the we do three onboarding calls with them. And the first one is we input all of their info. So we treat them like a full paying client. So moving forward, what they're playing with on the system is their horses, their riders, uh, all of their info. And we hold their hand through the 45 days through that. And then at the end of the 45 days, they just keep rolling as a client. So the the percentages from demo to trial and trial to client are are pretty uh, staggering. they're, They're actually really good. So we just start with the demo and after 15, 20 minutes, if it's, you know, if it's something you want to talk about further, awesome, but there's no commitment there. And on the 45 day trial is completely free. There's no, there's no commitment there. Well, this sounds wonderful. It sounds like it would be helpful, not only to lesson barns, but also to boarding barns and training barns. And it sounds like you just have so many different things on this platform that would help so many of not only National Reining Horse Association members, but many others as well that are probably listening today. So thank you so much for being on. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Christy, that was so cool to learn about EC Pro. I just have no knowledge of all of those pieces really that it takes to run a barn. But having been a client and a boarder, I mean, I think that was just so neat to hear about. Sarah, I completely agree. And, you know, it was so much fun having Jamie on the founder to kind of talk about everything and then Russell and how they're transitioning from the UK over here to the US. And just that there's those platforms available for those of us that are really busy, right, with our training program, our instructor program, our boarding barn program, having a software program like this to basically be our secretary. Wow, that's pretty (laughs) awesome. That's so, so true. And speaking of really busy people, I can't wait to talk to our next guest, Ann Salmon Anderman. She is a reining horse trainer alongside with her husband, Monty, in Pilot Point, Texas, where they have been training, raising, and breeding reining horses for many years. She has served on the NRHA Board of Directors, the Executive Committee, was the Judges Committee Chairman, an Honor Stewards Committee, Age Events Committee, Affiliate Committee, She's been a judge and a steward for many years and has actually been a steward since the inception of the program. She's also served as president of the Southwest Reining Horse Association and believes strongly that NRHA's excellent entry-level program is a strong, affordable program for anyone to join and hopes many more will take advantage of it. And thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so excited. You and I have talked so many years now about how awesome our entry-level programs are. But what I want to know first is tell us more about your entry into the reining industry. Sure. I I think I'm a little bit unique in that area, how I found reining. I never rode as a kid. We weren't even allowed to have animals. I'm one of six kids. My parents figured that was enough animals in the house. Um, And (laughs) I... I was drawn to horses. I always liked horses, didn't know much about them, and particularly Western. I thought it was really cool. And um, when uh, I was in high school, I got my friend had a horse and I got to dabble in it a little bit. Um, So after high school, I needed to do something, of course. So I picked an equine university so I could learn more about what I thought I was interested in. And uh, the first day of orientation, each of the teachers demonstrated their discipline. There was jumping, dressage, pleasure, reining. And I was infatuated with reining the first minute I saw it. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And um, I, I tried to major in that at that school. I got good enough where I could major in that. And that's all I've ever done. I was hooked the minute I saw it. 
and um, just worked my way through the industry from the grassroots up, from working for people and cleaning stalls, and then tried to get better. I had no huge financial backing. I just knew this is what I wanted to do. And I love hearing about your journey because no wonder, now I completely understand why you're so enamored with our entry-level program. It makes complete sense. So tell us a little bit more about Green Rainer and the Ride and Slide classes. What are they all about? They're about helping someone understand reining and develop them and their horse through reining. And it's a great program because you you would start, a new person would start with, the ride and slide classes, there's two levels of that. And then they would graduate into the green level classes. And there's two levels of that. And the way it works is the first level programs, the ride and slide level one and two, and you'll graduate out of level one to level two by earning points and money. And they have um, a more relaxed pattern. So the big thing here is we know that beginner people and people that don't know much about reining, their horses also don't know that much about reining. So the program, I don't, I wasn't there on the designing of the program, but it naturally works really well to allow a horse to go compete with horses of his, his or her level and be able to have an easier pattern and um, more simple maneuvers to be able to develop up into a full reining pattern in a full length class. Well, and I think another really interesting piece, I want to get into that, um, you know, the kind of modified patterns a little bit and maybe how it's a little bit easier um, on the horse and the rider of these entry-level programs. But I think another really neat thing is if you have a horse that really can't attempt to do any of the maneuvers, you can also use somebody else's horse in these classes. You're absolutely correct. That's one of the advantages. You do not need to own a horse. You can borrow someone's horse to do the entry, the full entry level program, the ride and slide levels and the green levels. And you also don't need to have a competition license, which is like um, NRHA's horse papers like AQHA. And you, your horse does not need to do that. And if you're only showing in the entry level and the green, you um, don't even have to have a full membership. It's a reduced price membership. So you can go and experience and learn and not have a huge out-of-pocket expense. I just think that piece of the program is so, so neat. And, you know, and another one of the advantages I know you've talked to me about, even with your local club, is kind of that opportunity for exhibitors to talk with the judges and really learn a little bit more while they're in these entry-level programs. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about that as well? Sure. The, the way this works, uh, first of all, to back up a little bit, I went and tested for my judge's card many years ago because I felt like I was starting to compete a little bit and I felt like I wasn't being treated fair because I believe they didn't know who I was. So they weren't marking me fairly. So I went to the judge's school and what I learned was I didn't know the rules. <laughs> it's like playing baseball and not knowing the rules. You can't be successful if you don't know the rules. So it took me a couple of tries, but I passed my judges test. And I decided then that I would keep my judges cards. Judges have to retest every two years. So I would stay current and remind myself and have to study all the time the rules. So um, that's why I became a judge. 
And what NRHA has done is quite remarkable because they let the exhibitor talk to the judge after his class to explain the scores that he gives. So this is the way I'll tell you how the Southwest Reigning Horse Association, and this was my baby when um, I first discovered this in the rule book that judges are allowed to do this, because typically it's not really fair for the judge to talk to some exhibitors and not others. They should talk to them all or none of them. So they've designed this program to allow the judges to communicate. And the way we do it is after the rider gets done with his pattern, his competition, he rides over to the judge and the judge gives him a couple pointers. Um, we'll explain how a maneuver can be better. There's seven or eight maneuvers in each of the patterns that each rider will do. In the ride and slide, it'll be shorter, maybe five maneuvers. And while the judge is explaining to this, his scribe or his recorder will copy over his scores because you get a score for each of those maneuvers. So the rider leaves the arena with his scores. And then outside the arena, the Southwest Reigning Horse Association Futurity is big enough, we have an instant replay camera. So then the rider can go with his coach or his family over to the screen and rewatch his run immediately after he goes with his scores. And the added bonus to that is our equipment judge goes with that rider and looks at the scores and watches the run with that rider and explains why there was a minus half on the maneuver or why there was a plus half on maneuver and gives added helpful hints on how to improve even more. And I think the bonus to that is the riders figure out pretty quickly the judge is on his side or her side. They are trying to be super fair and they are they are encouraging and they do all hope you do well. But the, to follow this back and be able to give the rider straight information straight from the judge's chair is a huge learning tool. It is amazing. And I wish that more disciplines did this because it's very scary to first start riding in a new discipline that you've never tried before. And so this is fantastic. I love the transparency of it all and the consistency with everything that uh, judges do. Um, I want to jump in now, Anne, with you as a judge. And it's so wonderful to have you on today. And I loved hearing how you, why you decided to even become one. I think that's a great reason. Um, there is a difference in Green Rainer where they don't have to do the flying lead changes, right? They can do the simple changes. Can you explain a little bit about what a simple change is and how it works in a Green Rainer reigning pattern and what you as a judge are looking for with that? Sure. Can I back up one minute and just give one more advantage to Absolutely. the Green Level program? Yes, please. Um, I, didn't mention, I didn't mention yet that... Um, the riders can use one or two hands that even though they're showing Western, we understand that horses, as they're developing, we train them one hand and then we develop them into two hands. So these patterns, the ride and slide classes and the green class allow for this. A rider can use two hands the whole time or one hand the whole time or in between. For example, a horse can lope some circles with their reins in one hand and then a developing horse, he might need, need help for a lead chain. So he, the rider can take two hands to help the horse through the lead chain and then go back to one hand. So this is, again, this one use of one or two hands is a way for the developing people and developing horses to become more comfortable and get better at showing. What a great way to now, do that. Yes, it's fantastic. It really is. And however it, it came to be, this is a great developing program for someone that wants to 
get started in reining and is interested in it and may not have an animal that is ready yet. But to go back to your previous question, the judges are all judges are trained the same and we're told and we're taught and we learn how um, how what to look for in a maneuver. And the lead change is one part of that of your circle maneuver. So you're going to do two circles, minimum of two circles, look two circles, and then you're going to change the lead. And the judge, most importantly, is looking for pattern placement. And that means where your circles are in the arena. And the, all riders do circles on the left lead and circles on the right lead in designated areas of the arena. The judge is looking for how you're staying in your area of the arena you're supposed to be in. So um, let's use a, a middle of the arena, straight across. Most arenas are rectangles. If you cut that arena in half so it's two squares, the rider should be using that middle area as a point for their circle. And the judge usually sits in the middle. So we're looking to see how round the circles are and how they meet and come to the same center point of the arena. And so the lead change needs to happen in a particular place in the arena. And that is about three lope strides in the very center of the middle of that arena. So a simply change done well, a high degree of difficulty would be if that horse trots for one stride in the very center of the arena and then continues in the lope in a different direction. And that's what the judges are looking for to see how high quality the simple lead change is. That would be the highest quality. The other qualities that can happen is if a horse needs to trot for more than one stride before he can continue on in the lope in the new direction. A lesser quality would be if the horse needs to break to the walk and walk for a distance and then trot and then lope again. And the lowest quality of simple lead change would be done through the full stop and then lope off again in the new lead. And this is so cool. I mean, I've talked to you about this program so many times because you're so passionate about it, but I think really breaking it down in this whole new level, especially for those listening who don't have a horse that compete can compete in reigning currently. I mean, I think this is such a great transitional program and like, you know, showing them what they can do with the horse they currently own and how to get involved. I think it's really, really awesome. The big takeaway is, is that there's a place for those horses that can't do a flying lead change to go and experience it and have fun and develop your horse while you're shown. Absolutely. Well, Anne, what advice would you give? I'm sure there's some folks listening today that are going to want to get involved in the sport of reining after hearing that there is a place for these horses and these riders. What is some of the advice you would give them or the first steps to getting involved with our reining community? Well, the funny thing is, it's ironic, I guess, that I just struggled through it all and muddled my way through. And now anyone <laughs> else that wants to start like I did, they have a clear path. So they're, they're, <laughs> they're lucky. It was tough for me sometimes. But I will say there's several different ways you can start. You can go on your own and just look, um, look up online where if there's a show in your area that has the green level classes and go. And they show secretaries there are wonderful. They expect new people there. The Southwest Reining Horse Association Futurity used to give um, the new people their first year, give them their um, 
membership into NRHA for a first year experience. Um, I, I'm not really quite sure that they still do that, but a lot of shows do for the new beginners. But I would suggest that either just go through it on your own or find a local professional. A lot of them specialize in the entry and green level, and they all work on repeat business. It's very important to all of us that people are happy with our work. I don't want to just train your horse. I want to train your neighbor's horse, your mom's horse, your daughter's horse, your next door neighbor's horse. So it is important to all of us that you leave happy and that you're so excited about it. You want to tell everybody else about it and bring them too. So sometimes there's a personality class and you don't fit with that professional. You can just go look for another one. There's, there's a lot of reining horse trainers out there. Some of them can be a bit of a drive. So maybe you can just go for a haul in lesson on occasion. And some of them um, are cost effective in their training. And some of them, um, We'll have your horse in full-time training and you can come take lessons. So that way your horse can advance at the same speed you are. But there's many, many different ways to get to the end result. And that's to show and be successful. So um, just show up at a show and the show secretaries are wonderful and experienced at helping new people or find a local professional and just go and hang out and talk to them and learn more about it and then decide which is the right path for you and your horse. And those are wonderful suggestions. So how do people find more out about you personally there in Pilot Point? Do they go on to the NRHA judges page? What is what is the best way to find out about you? I am on the judges page. Um, my phone number's on there. And the same with the stewards page. They don't necessarily, if you're looking, and it's by, um, it's by uh, listed by state. So you can look up in your area by state who's in your area, but a far better way to find a trainer would be look on the professionals page on NRHA and you can scroll down there um, per state if you really don't know anyone in your area and find who is close to you and uh, and then make some calls. And I will tell you, when I graduated college and I decided reining was what I wanted to do, I tried a couple all around trainers, horse trainers that do everything, the pleasure, the trail, the English, the Western. And I just, I sent all my resume, my resume, which was very short, by the way. And I sent it to all the professional trainers in the reigning horse magazine. And then I called them all, I gave them a couple of weeks for the letter to get there. And then I called them all and one of them hired me. And that's how I started. So you can call them all. You can have a conversation. And if it's not what they specialize in there, they will all help push you in the correct direction. Well, that is awesome advice. And we just so appreciate you being on today, not only to talk about how folks can get started with reining, but the exact steps. And from a judge's perspective, I just am so excited for everyone that was able to listen today to hear all this from you. And we were just so lucky to have you join us today. Thank you so much, Ann. Well, I hope the takeaway is that sometimes the learning curve in reining can feel like the learning curve in golf. It's very... <laughs> unsurmountable and difficult, but NRHA has had, has done a great job in making it simple and easy. And you can come with a green horse and you can come with a green rider and you can have a good time and experience it in a family oriented, fun way to get outside and enjoy the animal itself. Well, Sarah, there was a whole lot of passion for the green rainer program from Anne. Oh my gosh. Yes. She, 
Um, I don't even know, honestly, at what meeting or at what point in my time with NRHA that first came up with her. But really, everything I learned about that program is from Anne and her passion for it just absolutely exudes. Well, now what I'm so excited about is we're going to have Allison on, who is an actual writer who went through the Green Rainer program from start to finish and just had so much success at our futurity. So this will be awesome to hear from her. Allison is an NRHA non-pro competitor in the reigning world that not only strives for success in competition, but also her equine and agricultural related businesses. Thor Sport Farm, Tenda Horse Products, Farm Paint, and Thor Turf. Do what you love and love what you do is a quote that she lives by and works tirelessly to share and extend that same passion with others. And oh my gosh, does she do this in the reigning industry? Hey, Allison, thanks for joining us this morning. Sarah, Christy, thank you guys for having me on. Um, I really appreciate um, the opportunity to do this and always, you know, it's always fun to talk about something horse related. So. Yes, always. And you do such a great job being an ambassador for our sport on truly every single platform. But I think our listeners would be really interested to hear about kind of your journey into reigning. I know you started with Tennessee Walkers and you're really involved with that industry. So can you kind of give us an overview of what led you to reigning? Absolutely. So, you know, I think there's always there's a lot of quotes, you know, with like little girls growing up, you know, they'd rather clean a stall in their own bedroom and things like that. And that's actually a quote and a picture that I had above, you know, in my bathroom growing up as a kid. And so obviously I got into horses as a little girl. Um, My parents kind of I mean, my dad, he would go buy a horse at a sale, bring it home. And then my grandpa would figure that out and sell it. But so clearly there is obviously my dad would put me to sleep at night telling me those stories at when he was a kid. So there obviously there was some passion for horses in the family. But um, horseback riding honestly just started as a hobby and a sport that uh, I was lucky enough that my parents signed me up for. Um, for horseback riding lessons when I was little, like many other sports that I did, tennis, basketball, cheerleading, dance competitions and stuff like that. So um, just like a lot of other kids, you know, it was just a fun activity to try. Um, and I kind of have that competitive spirit and I really hooked on to it. So that's kind of what led me into competition. Um, and it happened to be Tennessee walking horses in Sandusky, Ohio, where I'm from. Um, I took lessons on them. So when it came to, can I compete besides just taking lessons? It was a no brainer on, you know, continuing to find trainers that competed in that industry. So that's kind of what got me started in horses in general, and then just setting goals. So, you know, as you know, I'm fortunate, I'm really inspired by my parents. Um, they lead by example as well with their, um, businesses, but, you know, my dad always said, if you don't wake up and work and do something that you're really passionate and love to do, you're in trouble because, you know, there's obviously mountaintops, there's peaks and there's valleys and lows of anything that you do. So I think I was, that was ingrained in me as a child, even though this was just, you know, like an extracurricular activity with like <laughs> quotation marks, you know, cause we took things too seriously a little bit sometimes, but, um, Yeah. So Tennessee Walkers brought me down essentially to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, because I compete ended up competing 30 weeks out of the year, March to November. My parents were driving me in with the horses in the horse trailer on the road. We'd be showing Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Carolinas, Florida, Texas, Tennessee, Kentucky, 
Alabama. So like, we, you know, it's just, I don't regret one thing. I feel so lucky to have experienced that. Um, but we went for high point championships, obviously doing well as at, well at shows and stuff like that. So um, eventually uh, through it all, um, when it came time for a decision to go to college, I went to Middle Tennessee State University, moved to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, which is outside of Nashville, Tennessee, like 30 minutes, um, because it was already like a second home with a lot of my horse trainers. It was a hub for the Tennessee walking horse and gated world, as well as an equine center hub. Anyways, there's a lot of hunter jumpers and stuff in the area. So um, that's now where I've lived now for the past 12 years. Uh, I would say base, though, um, because... I've gotten into reining. Essentially, I wanted to get into reining because I set goals growing up with gated horses. Um, and I still compete with them, just maybe more at the bigger shows, only a couple times a year now, because I wanted to do something different, still be involved with horses and um, just transfer over and get a new challenge. And it was either going to be dressage or it was going to be reining, um, jumping. I like to stay close to the ground, even though there's very grueling tasks with any kind of discipline that you choose but um i don't know i just wanted to do raining so i've kind of been involved in raining for six years now um and just keep setting goals with that and of course this all ties together because um i have a horse products company tenda which is a sponsor of the nrha um farm paint which is a fence paint company and then thor turf which is a dustless footing company Allison, I am so incredibly impressed going from saddle seat to reining, right? And it shows that you can do reining having come from the English world with absolutely no problem if you put the energy in and the goals in and those types of things. So I'm an all breed, all discipline girl to my core. And I don't, I don't lie about that. And I just love the fact because I teach English lessons. Um, I honestly feel that if you ride English first and then go to Western, you're going to be a little bit more stable than if you ride Western and try to go to English. That's just kind of my, little mantra that I found over the years of teaching people. So I just love that about you. I think that that is just the neatest story. Thank you. And yes, I, I would agree. You know, I, I think, you know, I, I love it all. Like there's anything I don't love that's horse related. Um, Cause I kind of have like a bucket list of things I want to do throughout my lifetime with horses, but um, I don't know. Raining is on the up and up in general. And I think that I've kind of got, you know, maybe in the beginning of it when I feel like it really kind of took off, but, um, I just, it's so, it's so unique too. And there's so much horsemanship involved, um, that just fascinates me. And like, I just think, you know, for open-minded people, um, there isn't like a, okay, I've made it. Okay. I kind of know what I'm doing. I can coast. Like there isn't a coast button because there's so many people. It's very aggressive to get to the top and stay at the top. So, yeah. I completely agree. Well, let's dive into a little bit more. You mentioned it briefly, but um, we are so happy to have Tenda as a corporate partner. And of course, um, I work with the corporate partners at NRHA. So just thrilled. Tell us a little bit more about Tenda and Thor Turf and Farm Paint and um, Thor Sport. Tell us a little bit about all of those things. And how about if we start with the horses first and then go into the cars, because that's pretty cool for our listeners to know. Absolutely. So, um, again, coming kind of circling back to my parents, but I think this kind of gives a full story. Um, cause again, like I, I feel like I'm an only child. So I like to, I feel like I have a lot of sisters and brothers out there 
And to me, I want to proceed with, and I think horses, especially growing up as a kid, I'm a big advocate for children and horseback riding lessons, whether their parents can purchase them a horse, whether they can't purchase a horse and it's just taking a lesson a week. There's so many morals and values that children can learn that I feel like are that transcends into whatever career they want to be with, whether it's an equine, marketing, lawyer, doctor, you know, there's so many things of respect, hard work, um, morals, just so many things that a horse can teach that help parents raise their child. So um, again, so I'm circling back to how my parents started, you know, you got to do what you love to do. So my family, um, my parents' main businesses are in asphalt coatings called Sealmaster. There's a franchise system as well as they're in retail stores. So I've gotten to witness and experience all of those businesses that I also trickle in um, growing up and still to this day. And then we also, I kind of like to do both sides of horsepower. I wear, you know, when I compete with my horses, I have an, I incorporate some checkerboard pattern, whether it's my hat or my clothes, because we are also in NASCAR racing and IMSA racing and drag racing as well. Whether we sponsor or own the team, um, Thor Sport Racing is the NASCAR truck team that we own. But um, so I've grown up around that. And there's a lot of business to business with it, which can transcend and relate to going to a horse show and having a horse products company as a corporate sponsor and also competing. There's a lot of different business relationships that you can create that wouldn't be there if it wasn't for being so involved. So um, my family has been the longest running NASCAR truck series team um, since 96, and they have just a great great record, you know, and, and same with the asphalt coatings company. So, um, when I started, you know, going into college, graduating college, which we, some of these businesses we established before then, um, my parents were kind of setting me up for, like, I've always known what I was put on this earth to do. Um, and it's what I'm doing. So it's kind of like finding those people, whether they're sales, whether they're accounting, whether they're working with horses and all of our brands to help be an extension of my heart and myself because horses have taught me, you know, you give it your full heart. Don't do halfway. Um, what they give back to you is on them. And that to me, that's the same with people. So um, finding people in our businesses that believe in the same path and believe in the same goals, I think is what makes us tick and what makes us reach those goals and keep going and going and going. So um, Tenda Horse Products, we purchased about seven years ago. It was, you know, a lot of, I think what's weird about the horse world is there's a lot of product companies um, and everybody's competing against each other. I think that's kind of something that kind of triggers my dad a little bit because in other types of industries that he's involved in, there's a couple like big ones and that's about it. So it's kind of been unique to kind of, he's been teaching me the ways of, okay, we manufacture products, but we, we also have our own line. You know, a lot of companies don't manufacture their products. They outsource and pay somebody else. So it's been learning a lot of the different, it's been learning and growing and we're doing it together as a family. Um, so that's been unique, but we purchased that several years ago. Um, so we have our own line, Tenda Horse Products. There's Sheen has been a prop popular, uh, we do the awards for the drag. So whoever has a high score at the reigning events, within the last set gets an award. So that's been fun to get product into people's hands. And I think it's pretty unique. And I think people are starting to look forward to it now. <laughs> Defense paint company 
we all need fences, like a lot of horse people, a lot of agricultural related people, whether it's cattle, pigs, yada, yada. They all need fences. Thor Turf is a dustless footing company. Um, it's been really popular in English disciplines, but we've been working on a formula for raining that I use at home because again, we like our facilities like Thor Sport Farm to be clean, tidy, and, you know, a show place for, to give tours and show people what we do. So all these products, they've been tested. They've gone through the blunt of things with myself and others that I'm close to, but it's kind of been fun to watch that just grow, 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 grow. Well, Allison, listening to you talk about truly any part of your life, the passion you have for everything and light just exudes out of you in every subject. And so it's really not a surprise to people who know you that there's been so much success. I mean, I just think it's so awesome to hear about. And one of my favorite things is, you know, in your passion for raining, even when you were on the Cowboy Channel, speaking about raining, which was awesome, by the way. Um, you know, you always start with your entry level with NRAJ and you always start with our Green Rainer program and that that is what really got you to now where you are in raining. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about that kind of entry into raining with those programs and how that led you to where you are now? Absolutely. And thank you for bringing this up. Um, so, you know, I've been doing raining discipline for about six years. I've had past experience, but quite frankly, I don't think, you know, not everybody has to be like me. Right. So, um, whether you're coming from a little kid that's coming from short stirrup that can graduate into green rainer or, you know, besides doing their youth classes or, um, someone that's coming from horse experience, any walk of life, that has a, you know, NRA, a horse with an NRHA competition license um, can do this. So I think the biggest thing was, you know, I've, I reached success and accomplished goals in another breed of horse doing all around events. So coming into this, you know, I've had experience with patterns like equitation and showmanship and trail obstacle. So coming into this, it's in Western riding. So it's coming into this like, oh, it's raining. It's a pattern. Like I do patterns. You know, so you have a little bit of confidence, but it it takes like one time to show and then your confidence is gone a little bit. So green rainer to rookie to the levels of non-pro or open, um, I think is so incredible and a great thing to not weigh from. And anybody that is a little confident about it, um, I highly recommend because I've seen now that I look back and I'm a customer as a non-pro competitor in training barns that I feel like are upper level barns that kind of have horses that compete at the top and open non-pro as well as all the way to green rainer and youth and rookie um take the leap of faith and enjoy the journey and process of being in green rainer because in green rainer i got to know my horse trainer know my horse and know the ins and outs of the pattern. So yeah, you're going to a show, you get to go to these big shows, little shows, regional, whatever you want to do, or both. And you're learning the process of the patterns. I think there's a great amount of reigning trainers that there's so much to learn from. I feel fortunate and I highly suggest to being able just to kind of grasp this works for this trainer, this works for this trainer and watch and be open-minded. But going through the green they call it green as grass, but it's kind of like, that's like an inside joke, but it's green as grass, but it's like, you got to think about it. 
you go through all the struggles that if you just went to like, oh, I'm just going to go show with Mandy McCutcheon in non-pro and Gina Schumacher. Like, no, you're not. You know, you're <laughs> going to go in, you're going to go in there and just be like, no. And you're going to cry yourself into a pillow. So, but you're working through all these things and it's a lot of fun journey. Like, you know, everybody in the barn, and I see this at many barns. I'm not just speaking for myself. If someone's competing in Green Rainer, there is a whole list of who's showing that day. And you have a group of everybody competing in every class showing up as a group to comp- to support each other because it's such a humbling sport because you're involving another animal. You can practice really hard. So it's important to practice and, and work towards a goal. But you can go in there and just luck is not on your side. But then you just learn to wipe it off and go again. But you've got to have those chances to go again. And to me, green usually and rookie and youth and they usually have at least two slates at each show. So it's not like just a one you're done. So when you get to levels and you keep working your way up in the system, I would call it a graduate system. You're all of a sudden you you've knocked off with these cobwebs and spider webs or little EBGBs that you're nervous about. So you just have that confidence and you can grow. I mean, I can't tell you how many times and I don't feel like people are blowing smoke up my whatever. Um, they'll say, Hey, you know, you've really grown as a rider. And like, sometimes I just don't, I don't look back as much, you know, but I do reflect sometimes and think like, wow, I can't remember when I like used to think that was the hardest thing to do. And like, obviously with each horse there's always new challenges, but, um, I think that's what sets reigning apart than a lot of other disciplines, because there is such a good foundation of green to rookie to levels one through four, because I mean, I showed in green, I did well in green. I showed in rookie. I won rookie of the year, which was tough and hardcore and challenging. And it was so much fun, but I enjoyed my time there. I didn't want to be anywhere else. I wanted to be in these divisions. And then here I am now, like, you know, showing a futurity horse for the first time and tying to win a level three championship or getting second in level four non-pro, you know, and it's like, and it's just, I look back and it's like, you know, I, I, I've loved every step of the way. And I really think that people can do that because you normally you're showing in green, you know, you're at these big shows. And if you want to go watch, you know, some big dog you know you just go walk over to the other arena and say like oh they did that or they messed up on that today and i messed up too we have something in common so i don't know it's just fun it's a great community and i think that's what can set raining apart and it's important for people to embrace that process highly recommend hi uh- I- Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I completely agree. I think, um, and it was so exciting to watch you at the NRHA Futurity where you became the reserve champion in level four non-pro. So start, talk about using Green Rainer and kind of traveling all the way up um, from the very, very beginning and then accomplishing the goal at each level. And that's exactly why we have these programs in NRHA so that nobody watches the Mandy McCutcheons, right? And for those that are listening that don't know, Mandy is the equivalent of Tiger Woods in golf. Okay, so that kind of level, right, of person in non-pro and then knowing that I can't start there, but we have these programs where you can start. So I just think that that's super. So where can folks go to find out more about you and all you do? What are some of the different websites of the different things that you mentioned? Um, so my name is Allison Thorson. You can go to AllisonThorson.com. <laughs> uh, do I need to update it a little bit? Absolutely. 
but I'll work on that. I'll work on that. Um, you can Google me if you want. I don't know. Sometimes people don't want to. Whatever. Um, I'm on social media all the time because obviously I'm a little bit of a goofball and I'm going nonstop. So um, I love to connect with people or if people have questions or like, hey, I want to do this, but I live in Pennsylvania. Who do you suggest? I got you. You know, like I can lead you to the Rainer magazine, go in the back page. We can go over there or, you know, I got connections, too. So, hey, I'm a resource for a little gal. Um, social media is honestly a way to go nowadays. But my website and then all of our Hort- Tender Horse Products, Farm Paint, Thor Turf, uh, Thor Sport Farm. We all have like contact us and old Allison over here. Um I get on all these emails. They just keep pump, pump, pump. They pummel in there, and I get to see everybody. Like, hi, along came Polly, and I'm like, hey, Polly, how you doing? So, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty easy to contact. Well, and uh, I have to laugh. You know, going on your social media, I think people be in for a treat. Whether they need a you know a workout plan, a little hype up music for the start of their day, pictures of dogs, you'll find it all. So. <laughs> When Allison says she's a resource, I promise you she means it. And it, you know, again, highlights what a beautiful community the rating community is. When our folks say that they're willing to help you get started, regardless of what level of rating they're at, they are truly so happy and so genuinely wanting to do that for you. Absolutely. I give it a big old high five. And also thank you to you guys. You know, um, it takes a lot of, passion and power to to get everybody up on their feet and it's thanks to like nrha and the wonderful personnel and staff that really just show up for the job and exceed expectations well thank you so much for saying that allison and thank you again for joining us today it's been such a pleasure and we can't wait to see you at our next event thank you guys that was just the perfect way i feel like to wrap up this day to hear from allison you know, from Green Rainer to Rookie of the Year to Futurity Non-Pro Level 4 Reserve Champion. I mean, it's just such a cool journey to hear from firsthand. It was awesome. And, you know, I love that her journey also includes other breeds and disciplines. She's like a true horsewoman, right? She's kind of been there, done that on such a variety of levels. I just think that's great. It's so, so true. And just such a great advocate for not only the sport, but just the horse in general, which, you know, we all love here. (laughs) So, Sarah, how do our listeners find out if they want to become a fan and if they want to become part of Green Rainer? Where do they go on our website to find that out? So the best place to go is NRHA.com slash entry level, and that will walk someone through all of our entry level programs. And then from there, of course, they can, you know, visit our educational pages and our fan pages And, you know, really kind of plug into whichever part of NRHA speaks to them the most. And we do have past episodes of our NRHA podcast. Just go to Horses in the Morning or go to our website or go to our Facebook. And you can certainly find the links to all of the past episodes of the NRHA. And in the meantime, go out now and have the slide of your life. 